Welcome to The Faithful Servant, a podcast reaching you in the midst of your battles where you can find hope, joy, wisdom, and healing. My name is Eric Howland, and at the end of the day, my hope is that I can hear the words, well done, my faithful servant. Welcome to today's episode of The Faithful Servant Podcast. Uh, last week, we kind of started diving into overcoming uh, life's challenges and obstacles that are before us. And today, I have on Matt Tompkins. Uh, Matt is the founder of Two Brothers Creative, uh, which is the producer of this podcast. And he and I kind of have a similar past as far as our struggles with um, depression, anxiety, uh, substance abuse, uh, and just it, it, it's a good start to these interviews that I want to have with people about overcoming things. So Matt, welcome. Well, thanks for having me. It's good to be on this side of the microphone. You know, for once, I get to be in the spotlight instead of Eric, you know, just hogging it with all the, all the fame and glory that comes with being a podcaster. Well, when you have a voice like this, Yes, it's kind of hard. And a beard. The beard helps. Even though it's audio, you can sense that there is a very uh, thick, luscious beard behind it. So wisdom comes with a beard, right? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So I want to just start uh, a little bit with why you started Two Brothers Creative in the first place to have a outlet for people to have podcasts. Well, uh, my brother Ben and I, he, uh, we started this actually because we were doing freelance work, just kind of side work, working in radio and broadcasting. And my original name was Tompkins Productions. And we just thought it was kind of bland and, you know, not exciting. It didn't really stand out. So around 2013, we were actually putting together a package for our dad's church. And we thought, well, we need to come up with a new name. So we came up with Two Brothers Creative. At the time, by the way, there was no other, like, no other production or creative companies that were using creative. Now everybody seems to have it in their uh, in their title, but it started back then. And with the TV show, as far as what we do now, the last couple of years, it was just a culmination of about 17, 18 years in broadcasting of all these ideas that we wanted to implement and relationships we had kind of cultivated over those years. We didn't know what actually paying out or pay pay off as us you know having them as a client and doing work for them but uh yeah we decided you know what we're gonna we're gonna try all these ideas that we're told by executives in radio are just horrible ideas they wouldn't work nobody listens to podcasts you can't make money there um and we do that now and it's 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 been terrifying and thrilling and all the things that come with uh being a a small business owner and starting out a lot of learning uh moments for sure and uh, i know you've gone through a lot you've taught me so i'm trying not to do everything you did maybe so i'm learning that lesson um but yeah it's very rewarding to help people tell their story and this is such an authentic platform it really is it's intimate it's personal and uh it, it's it's just a really cool way to connect with people share your story and help help people which i know you're doing with your podcast here so who's the creative one between you and ben i mean i you know i always see ben as this is just like my imposter syndrome i always see ben as like the more creative uh and me more the good looks you know between the two but i don't know we're probably we're probably equally creative in different ways i know ben's got the skill sets of being a little more organized and disciplined and i'm kind of 
the big idea uh, at any cost, not thinking about the cost or the limitations. So we kind of complemented each other well. We worked for, uh, gosh, it was 12 years together in broadcasting. So we worked together every single day. And then we did a TV show for five years after that. So we've managed to uh, not uh, not take each other out. <laughs> A lot of people would say about their siblings. So you made a comment in there about you being the kind of big picture visionary. And if I were to tie that back to your earlier comments about other executives telling you that this would not work, mm -hmm. that this would not be successful. So when we start diving into overcoming, how did you overcome your big picture thinking by being told no by everyone else? It was, so I had, it was uh, January of 2020, uh, pre-pandemic by just a couple months, and I got moved to another radio station, hosting a morning show, which I enjoyed, and it was okay, but I'm just like, God, this is the sixth or seventh station I've been on. I just don't feel fulfilled when I go in every day. And it kind of was a, a just a, a luck or whatever you want to call it, where that preparation meets opportunity, uh, where we had this client come in to them and said, hey, we want to do this uh, radio show, but we want it to be a audio and video podcast. And so they said, well, Matt's the only person who knows how to do that kind of stuff. So started doing it and I quickly realized like, wow, I, this is, like, I'm pretty good at this and I'm the only one working with the client. They were just kind of ignored by management and sales. So I was doing everything. And I thought, well, wow, if I could just make the same amount of money I make in radio, which I'll tell you now, radio pays nothing, so that's not hard to do, uh, then I could, I could do this, you know? Why don't I try it for real? And learning from the mistakes I made with Omaha Live, our TV show, and uh, we did that, and I did everything wrong that you could possibly do uh, being self-employed, I said, I think I could do this. So yeah, just started there. I said, I'm not gonna renew my agreement um, in October of 2020. And you know, it was it. It really was. I think the the key to what you're asking there is there is this doubt we put on ourselves. We doubt ourselves, and we we have those insecurities and that imposter syndrome. And so when somebody else tells you, no, that's not a good idea, or they just ignore your idea, and you think, well, okay, well, it's probably a bad idea. And I think that's probably the biggest disservice we do to ourselves with any goal or dream is we don't actually take that first step to even try it. And I tried it, I set all these annual goals that we met in like two months. I'm like, this is, this is amazing. Like it's rewarding, it's fulfilling, I can do this. And you know, so it, it, was, it was extremely uh, you know, fulfilling. Like I said, it's probably a good way to describe it pretty quickly, like pretty early on. Well, and so I, I remember back to 2012 and 2013 running uh, Country Tire and going through the flood and the drought that we experienced in 2011, 2012, and our bank canceling our line of credit. And nowhere to turn, uh, you know, I mean, we're out here with very little in our bank account and owe all of this money. And my bank bails on me. Well, what I, I spent, oh, probably six months of my time going to 17 different banks in the area being told no, no, no. And it, it was hard to hear those words from people that kind of hold your life in their hands to be said, no, we don't believe in you. But there's a self-belief in what 
I wanted to accomplish. And there was a self-belief in the vision that I had put forth to say, no, I do believe in this. I just need the right person to say yes. Yeah. And so I kind of hear that a little bit in you is, you know, you have the belief. You just needed that one person. Yeah. It started. It was one, the one, the opportunity, you know, mm-hmm. I was prepared. I had all the equipment and the technical things you need, the knowledge, experience, and it was just a matter of seeing it for what it really was. And you're right, we let people, we're waiting for other people for years to give us the go ahead when it has nothing to do with them. And we aren't, you know, if they say yes, here's the go ahead, that it's, it, it's theirs, not yours. You know, if you're working for a company and you think, gosh, I really wanna do this by myself or do this on my own, but you don't out of fear, you're handing your ideas and your hard work and your passion to somebody else. And oftentimes they'll, they'll take it from you, uh, you know, permanently, or they will tell you no and make you feel kind of insignificant with your idea. So yeah, you have to have, I call it like this stupid level of just, it's almost naivety. You have to, you have to think, uh, oh, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Some somehow, it's gonna happen. You know, and you just believe in it and tell yourself. Maybe just tell yourself you believe, even though if you, if you don't really believe. Like, you have to have that that fake it till you make it kind of self confidence, and you got to. It's something you have to force. So, yeah, I, I completely agree with the self confidence aspect. You know, is if if you're not waking up every day and believing in what you're doing people will ultimately see the doubt in you and that's when they start to say no because i don't know if i believe in what you're selling because you don't believe it in yourself and i think when we talk about overcoming things like for like going back to all the work that i've done is that was the biggest tool going through therapy was do i believe in myself and when i look about all of the things that I overcame is there was an element of self-belief that, yeah, I, I do have the confidence in me to be able to accomplish this. Uh, so when beyond the podcast, let me say something real quick because you hit on this and it really impacted me personally. And something I do is when you start your, with your story, you started praying for an abundance. It was just a shift of your mindset. So if belief doesn't seem like the right descriptor for you, mindset is we have to change our mindset to see that it's possible. And you're hundred percent right. If you have that scarcity mindset, you're going, those things are going to manifest. You're going to have issues. You're going to lose things. And so you have to have that abundance mindset. Yeah. And you know, uh, like when I look at people at the gym, when I'm there, I, I can tell someone who's confident and someone who's not, it, the, their shoulders are pressed forward. They're walking with their head down. Mm-hmm. I was there. I completely was so beat up that that's how I walked. And now I'm walking, you know, they, I think people use a term like peacocking where your chest is, you know, stuck <laughs> I, up and yeah. your do shoulders you, back. Do you grunt a lot, like when you're lifting? You're no, I, 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 grunting. I, I am not one who's <laughs> dropping the bar after dead lifts, slamming everything Having down. Having someone and, slap you in the face with talcum powder or whatever. Right, or use. here's the smelling salts, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, get jacked for this. No, that's, I, you know, I'm pretty calm. And I think that resonates to a lot of people though, too, as they see my. Mm-hmm. demeanor as calm and relaxing 
confidence oh. doesn't come from uh from anything like success or being that thing you're confident for it is something that is earned you have to put in work every single day i am that's what you got to tell yourself i am this you know affirmations every day i am uh, you know i like this part of my body i'm going to count every part of my body that i like and tell myself that in the morning or write it down eventually you're going to see yourself as a beautiful person that you are right. so that is it's hard to do that but it's, it's a great reset in at any point in your life in your journey because i've done that a number of times I'm feeling negative, I'm beating myself up, these things are happening, I need to change my mindset. And that's a great point because I was thinking about this this morning is uh, when I was listening to uh, last week's episode was oftentimes when we start taking steps back or it feels like we're taking step backwards, that's the point where we need to be the adult and say, okay, I need a reset here. I need to really look at this because overcoming most times, and I hope everyone hears me when I say this, is overcoming doesn't necessarily mean you are healed 100%, right? Mm -hmm. It just means you have the fortitude to be able to overcome that situation at that time. Yeah. And I, and I know you're going to agree with this is with depression. I don't think I'll ever be healed from depression. Now, I don't put it past God to not heal me. But when I look at my depression that I deal with is I have to overcome it multiple times. But the difference between now and three years ago was I didn't know how to overcome it in that moment. And here I stand today being able to say, you know what, I can overcome this circumstance. And so when we do take those steps backwards, we got to be able to have the mindset to say, you know what, this sucks, but where have I come from? It's being aware and being self-aware which I learned that same lesson in going through my addiction. And I will never forget the day I was sitting in, um, sitting in therapy and was beating myself up because I had relapsed again. And, and she said, well, it, it, let's, let's just take a step back and let's maybe see this for the way it is instead of the way you're viewing it. You're viewing yourself as a failure that you have to start the whole process over again, day one. And that just feels, it doesn't feel good. It, it really kills your, any sort of motivation you have to get back on, you know, the wagon or whatever you want to call it. And she said, how many, how many times have you relapsed? So this over the past year, I said, oh gosh, so I counted them up. I think there was eight. I said, okay, how, how many days does each of those relapses uh, take? Like how much days are you not clean? I said, well, usually no more than two days for each one. So 16 days out of 365 days, that's something to be proud of, not be, ashamed of not embarrassed by because you're 96 percent of the year you're sober compare that to last year when it was 50 percent and a few years ago and it was zero percent and that changed the way i saw it because that you have to look at that a relapse isn't a failure it's not a it's not the end of your your treatment or your recovery it's a it's a, it's a speed bump on the way to getting your life back getting yourself together so yeah I, I see that too when i'm depressed i have to tell myself i'm feeling depressed i'm in this moment some things will help me get out of that funk exercise whatever but 
I have to recognize it for what it is. This isn't gonna be like this forever, which is how I used to look at those really low points when I was having them. So when, when you are talking to other people and you're talking specifically the addiction, because I know a lot of people, that, we have a perfectionist attitude, a lot of people do. And if I'm not perfect, I'm a failure. So when you talk to someone who's going through the addiction of drugs or alcohol, uh, cigarettes, what's your advice to them on that? I, I think I had my breakthrough moment, which is why I kind of speak out. I probably share too much about my life with everybody, including random strangers. So, But that's least, why podcasts work so well. For, for, for me, you, right? yes, yeah, I know. <laughs> but in real life, people are like, wait, who are you? Why are you sharing this information with me standing at the urinal, urinal in the bathroom? But um, for me, it was seeing that I'm not alone, as they say, which can sound cliche, but it's true. I would say, I, I saw this uh, article uh, on some, I don't know, some news magazine site online, gossip thing, and it was about the rapper Eminem. And I was reading it. He was talking about overcoming his addiction to prescription uh, pain medication and uh, must, or some like Xanax uh, type uh, uh, drugs, and his was oxycodone. It listed the how many he was taking per day. And I said, whoa, wait a minute. Like, I, I'm taking that many a day, which I'll tell you was it was a staggering amount uh, of what is basically heroin in a pill, uh, oxycodone. And I, I read that and I thought, oh, well, maybe, maybe if he if he has everything, it seems as though he has everything, and he still fell victim to this. Maybe it's not that it's me. Maybe I'm not at fault for anything. Maybe there are a lot more people going through this just like me, and so finding that sense of community and belonging that uh, I learned a lot about it. I went, there's different groups online, chat rooms and meeting different therapists and group uh, therapy and talking with my family. My biggest piece of advice that started that whole thing was just speaking out about it because that's the first thing that's the hardest to do with opioid addiction, especially you're ashamed. You feel a huge amount of shame and guilt that weighs you down. And I literally, in my, and I have this written in old diary entries, uh, would pray to just be dead. I just wanted to die. I didn't want to go forward. Um, I would write journals that I pray that someone runs me off the road tomorrow. You know, I didn't have the courage to go through with it, which sounds like a weird word to say, but it, it does take courage because I've been in that spot where you are you going to make this decision? Uh, and you know, but I was stuck and I hated it. And it wasn't until I spoke out first, it was to uh, my wife and then, you know, my brother Ben and my family and therapists, of course, too, in that. And you'd be surprised the reaction you get. Uh, my old general manager, when he came up, he's like, what's going on? You know, what's going on? And I, so I finally said, well, I'm going through this. You know, I've, they think I'm manic depressive and I have um, this addiction I've been trying to recover from and he gave me the biggest bear hug ever and he said you know there are at least six people here struggling with the same thing you didn't even know we're there you didn't even know they were going through that you're not alone in this he said my brother has gone through oxycodone addiction and he's on the other side of it now so when you see that it is possible through other people you start to believe in yourself and then speak out ask for help start with a therapist uh, then move on to those people you trust so if, if I heard there, 
I think the one of the reasons why I started this podcast is to be able to bring hope to people. Because at the end of the day, I think the biggest thing that we're missing in our society is there's not a lot of hope for people. And I think you mentioned that in in the aspect of like opioid addictions and, you know, depression has got the same kind of stigmatism is you don't want to speak out loud to people about it because what are they going to think of us, right? And then again, we go back to that whole aspect of those are just lies that we continue to tell ourselves of why we don't do this. And the world isn't standing there going, don't talk to me. I don't want to hear it. That's us telling ourselves we don't want to talk about it. And so we find ourselves in a, a situation where we don't have hope. And we tend to go down the path of saying, well, if there's no hope for me and I don't have the courage to do this, God, would you send someone to kill me right now? And I think that's the, the thing that I picked up there is your level of hope is what kept you. Yeah, it was, you definitely feel hopeless. Uh, hopelessness is, it's a poison. It's so to toxic in your, your, your body. And it's kind of like we had to do with the business on a different level, obviously, is you have to change your mindset. You have to convince yourself to believe that it is possible. I, I have hope. I can see other people who overcame this. And that's the, the, I set a goal back then. I said, when I feel comfortable in speaking out about this, I am promising myself that I will, because I could be that, that person to somebody else who says, I'm going through this right now, but you know, I remember I was doing a morning show on one of the most uh, a big heritage, popular radio station. I was hosting a television show that was number one rated at the time, and I was miserable. I I didn't know I hated my life. I just thought I am de I am depressed every single day. I don't want to go to work. I'm praying for every hour to end. What is wrong with me? And it's you know you have to start reigniting that hope, like you're saying, and and I think that comes from. Maybe seeing somebody else do it so you can believe in yourself, but honestly, just telling yourself, like we mentioned earlier, just you have to convince yourself every day that this is possible. And you, you'd be surprised how quickly those, that one day at a time, you'd be surprised how quickly those da days add up in two years. I mean, I'm, I'm coming up on eight years now uh, in recovery. And so it, it, it is possible, but you have, to, you have to tell yourself that every day. And your community grows too, and you didn't realize how quickly yeah. that the people around you are be like, oh yeah, I can identify with that. 70% of uh, people who are suffering from addiction currently are fully functioning addicts. In other words, they're going to work and they're on drugs that they're addicted to. Uh, the, you have to keep in mind like, uh, methamphetamine including Adderall which is like the you know one of the top prescribed drugs for kids which is kind of uh, scary uh, the oxydone oxycodone or heroin uh, and then uh, you know like uh, cocaine or crack those three in particular literally rewire your brain you are not the same person it's not the same as alcohol addiction as bad as that is uh, it is it is totally different so you know I think when you're when you're looking at this, I when I finally realized that, realized I could speak out, realized I could help, then it, it's inspiring when you hear feedback about how you impacted somebody else. That motivates you more, and like you've had a, an impact on me. Just 
in the things you've shared that you've gone through and had to overcome, which is a lot. If, if you uh, listen to this podcast, you know that already. And so knowing that we've called each other or texted each other on days we're having a bad day. And it's not like we've been friends for 20 years, right. uh, but we, we, we have that connection, that community you mentioned is there and everybody's going through something. There isn't a single person who's perfect. Where do you find hope? I find hope in, you know, that's a good, good question to, to be specific, you know, with the, the answer at least. I, I find hope looking at those people I admire. I, I believe that like the mentors, not, not the M&Ms, no offense to him, but I'm not talking about celebrity idols and, you know, uh, influencers, people that truly uh, walk the walk or talk the talk that I want to uh, emulate. And there's a lot of people in my life now that aren't these huge celebrities. They're uh, just success stories. They are people who have been there, who have overcome things. And that, that to me is where I find hope because I think they've been through something similar or maybe it's different, but just as severe and they've come out the other end and they are now this, this, you know, this life they're leading is the, that's the kind of life I want to emulate. I change one big thing I did uh, in regards to this, that I changed is that, you know, that saying about the, you are the, uh, you know, the sum of the five closest people that is 100% true. And I changed those people in my circle, changed them. So I had a friend, cocaine addict. Okay. Maybe he shouldn't be in my circle. Um, I need to add different people. So I did. And that was like three years ago that I did that. And it was a total change that plus exercise. Those two things are even though I was, I was clean and sober, I hadn't really gotten into recovery. I wasn't, I was still depressed, severe depression, suicidal ideation. And so it was that those two things that completely changed uh, my life, made it possible for me to be doing this for, you know, uh, a living here and, and being able to, you know, produce podcasts, podcasts like this one. So kind of closing up here, Matt, is, you know, I well, truly love just the opportunity to sit down and talk to you because I do kind of know a little bit about your story. And at the end of it is, though those challenges are still there and we've kind of talked about them, uh, like you mentioned, we have texted back and forth of, you know, opportunities and challenges that we have faced. Uh, they don't end, but your story is one that you never give up and you understand that these things are here. And that's kind of the message that I, I, I hope that you guys out there that are listening understand that failure is not something that we need to fear and worry about every day of our lives of, oh, well, I, I failed at not being sober this day. Well, I failed at not being able to overcome my depression this day. It's, it's a journey. And I, I saw a quote this morning that the difference between life and college, college you go to and study to take a test. Life, on the other hand, is you're given the test yeah. so that you can learn. And a lot better parties in college, too, from what I remember. But. Right. 
You're right. It doesn't end every day. Any, I mean, it, it's there every day, I should say. The last week when we were in uh, counseling and my wife and I and the counselor were sitting there and they asked how I, if I feel the urge to take drugs or get high. And I said, oh, yes, absolutely. Every day. Every single day. It's there. And they were kind of shocked. What? what? Well, is, like that doesn't mean I'm going to relapse. That doesn't mean that, that that's the outcome. But it is there every single day. Uh, when you have clinical depression, uh, that, that's there every single day. It's not something that is influenced by a, a life event that you can overcome. It's there every single day. So if you have self-esteem issues, body issues, depression, anxiety, uh, something you're addicted to, that is going to be there every day. The, the key, the crucial component is knowing that it is not going to control what you do. That's the big thing is it, yeah, it's going to be there every day, but I'm not going to make the choice to go to, uh, you know, my Coke dealer or whatever it might be. I'm going to make a different choice. And, and that's, that's a big one. Knowing it's there every day that it always will be, you have to kind of accept that. And, but it's not going to defeat you. It's not going to define you. I, I, I like that definition of, you know, my depression, it's a part of who I am, but it doesn't define me as a person. Like, I don't walk around with a sign that says, oh, hey, depressed. You, you wouldn't know it unless you listen to me. Isn't it? I think it's really, it's really bizarre how this works. I would not trade my addiction for anything in the world. No, gosh, no. I wouldn't change I, my past. Yes. Because I remember I was doing a, a news talk radio show. I was hosting a three-hour Monday through Friday talk show, and uh, it was there's no way, no way possible I could do that had I not gone through my experience. Because I gained so much wisdom. I, I feel like everybody has a crucible in their life they have to overcome that defines who you are for the rest of your life. And that was what that was for me. And there are other crucibles I'll have and have had, but that was the big one. It, it defined who I am. You are humbled to the ground and you are shown that you are, you not, you're not impervious uh, to life and it's gonna, it's gonna hurt. And that growth, you have to fail to grow. And that was a huge failure, uh, but it was the thing I grew the most from. I wouldn't change it for anything. Matt, thank you. Thank you for the transparency. Um, and I would say the authenticity too, because I, it's hard to find a lot of authentic people that are willing to open up and tell their story. Uh, so I want to give you thanks uh, for coming on. You know, the, the one question that I've always been asked about my past is would you trade it? Would you go back and trade your past? For me, the answer is simply no, just like Matt, because that's how we learn and that's how we grow as people. And ultimately our story, all of us have a story of overcoming something because we all have obstacles and challenges in our life. It's how we are rooted though and what our mindset is to be able to truly overcome those things. So today, I challenge each one of you is take, take a step and pause. Recognize where you are in life, where you've come from, and know that your journey is far from over. If you're struggling with drugs, if you're struggling with alcohol, if you're struggling with depression, 
there are brighter days ahead. Today is not a day for you to end that day or that journey. Stay strong, peacock a little bit, and focus on what's to come. And I promise you, like Matt and I's story, is you will find yourself living a happier life, a more joyful life, and one where at the end of the day, you will hear the words, well done, my faithful servant. <laughs>